For the next two hours, get ready as we cover the NFL like no one else. This is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. We're between the white lines. This is football. This is football. Welcome to the big leagues. Welcome to the big leagues. A complete look around the NFL and especially our Falcons. This is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. On the home for our Falcons, Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. It is a chilly fall morning in Atlanta, but you can bet it's going to be hot inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium today. It is a game day football Sunday, Atlanta Falcons, Washington Commanders, and welcome to the Wade Ford Tailgate Show from the Smooth Lot, right alongside Northside Drive, John Fricky and Joe Patrick today, our Falcons insider and reporter, as we get ready for the Atlanta Falcons against Sam Howell and the Commanders, counting down to kick off a 1 o'clock kick. Live on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Well, uh, Joe, it feels like football out here. It does. It does. I think it's going to feel like football in there, too. I mean, it's going to be a really exciting game this week. And I think that, you know, we sit here today feeling a lot different about this Falcons team than we did a week ago. Because a week ago, we had seen two consecutive really poor performances and bad losses. And now, this week, we sit here with Desmond Ritter having answered a ton of questions last week. Frankly, question like he proved himself to people who I think didn't think he was capable of doing what he did last week. And I think that that changes, I think, a lot of the perspective that Falcons fans have coming into the rest of the season, and it starts today. Yeah, I'm going to ask you about your perspective and what they're saying at Flowery Branch in just a moment. do want to let everybody know we have an injury update this morning early right off the top of the show. Harper LaBelle did not practice on Wednesday. <laughs> he is not active today. He was Harper touching is, all uh, week. Yeah, Harper's sitting on a beach somewhere warm, yeah. and we're, we're here. <laughs> and I'd rather be here because I think the Atlanta Falcons are now going for win number four on the year. So let's talk a little bit about, let's start at the quarterback, and I know it's much discussed, Joe, but was it a one-off with Desmond Ritter? Did the light go off with Desmond Ritter? Are we going to see this version of Desmond Ritter, this version that we saw last week as a starting quarterback in the NFL? Yeah, I think that's the big question is whether this is going to be able to be something consistent. Now, I don't think that you can reasonably expect him to do what he did last week every single week. I mean, last week, if you want to dig into the numbers in terms of like some of the deeper analytics of success rate per on a per play basis, that was the fifth best game of quarterback game in the league so far this season by anybody, not just a, a Falcons player or, or something like that. So like that's how good that performance was last week. I think the big question is: Is he going to be able to do some of the things that he showed in that game, which was throw the ball down the field a little bit, obviously connect with some of those passes, connect with Drake London and Kyle Pitts at, at key opportune times and really force the opponents to have to defend some of those areas deeper down the field because that's then going to open up that running game we didn't really see the running game get going so much last week because i think the houston texans were just all in on making desmond ritter beat them which he ended up doing Um, but i think that you know we're going to see over the course of time whether this he's going to be able to consistently maintain that kind of level of performance well, the Falcons have faced a fearsome front four before. They did so against Carolina. That's a pretty fearsome front four. And this yep. front four of the Washington Commanders, when you're talking about Deron Payne and yeah. Jonathan Allen and Montez Sweat and Chase Young, that is a fearsome <laughs> foursome. Yeah, that is um, – It's it's. you look at the roster and it's almost like, how are all these guys on the same team? And how is this defense not that great? Because well, you've got all these defensive linemen who are, um, you know, so highly touted and, and certainly have proven it over the course of their careers, whether it be in college or level in the NFL. Um, 
it's going to be a tough test for this Falcons offensive line to be able to protect Desmond Ritter and then also open up stuff in the running game. But, you know, I was joking last night. I was on with Caleb Johnson, our colleague, who was uh, doing the Dobie Millennial Show last night. And I said it was one of those things that you'll never hear on, on Sports Talk Radio uh, a discussion about, like, Drew Dahlman uh, identifying, um, you know, certain blitzers and getting the protection right before the play is snapped. But that was something that Arthur Smith pointed to, and it's going to be so that they did well against the Texans last week. And it's going to be so important that you get that stuff locked down today against this really dangerous defensive front that the commanders bring into Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Now, while the commanders have a dangerous defensive front, and we just went over the, some of the names there, they're secondary. Yeah, yeah. And so this is where Ritter does have to, they, because they are going to load the box. They are going to try and take, you know, the, the game plan is pretty simple against the Atlanta Falcons. Make Desmond Ritter beat you downfield. Yeah, and I think it's one of the questions I still have about this Falcons uh, receiving unit is whether they're going to really be able to take advantage of teams who have this vulnerability in their secondary, especially if you look at what the what the commanders have done this season. It's just really been a lot of blown coverages, and, and they've gotten beat over the top for big plays. We saw the Bears do that against them last week. I'm sure that's going to kind of sharpen their focus and have them more ready to come into this one with a little bit of extended break as well since they played on Thursday. But can this Falcons receiving unit actually take advantage of that? Do they have the speed and explosiveness to actually take the top off of these defenses who are going to make these kinds of mistakes that we've seen the commanders make so far this season? You've got more big-bodied pass catchers like Kyle Pitts and like Drake London um, who certainly have their own advantages, but we saw this team make a trade this week to bring in a receiver in Van Jefferson who maybe has a little bit more of that explosive downfield speed. I don't think he's going to play a big part in this in this game today, but I think that he's a player that over you know the course of time as we progress through the season is going to play a fundamental role in terms of being that threat that can expose teams if they make those mistakes that we've seen the commanders make. We, we've seen the Falcons take shots downfield so far this season. Um, they haven't been successful in taking those shots down season. Uh, they do want to try to take the top off of defense because if for another reason that you can uh, make those safeties have to step back three or four yards yeah. and not cheat so much. Exactly. I mean, you, you want to be able to do it. They just have to connect on those, and they haven't connected yet. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you look at Arthur Smith, like, his offense is kind of all about this big, the big play, the you know, to hit, hit teams over the top after you pound them, pound them, pound them. Obviously, in te- in Tennessee, it was with you know Derrick Henry, and then you hit him with AJ Brown over the top. Um, this you know, in this Falcons offense, it's Bijan Robinson, who is obviously a major threat that teams have to take account for. Um, and it's not to say that Drake London or Kyle Pitts can't beat guys over the top with their speed. You know, they've tried to take some of those shots with Kyle Pitts earlier this season, but. I really think you get an extra edge when when you bring in someone who's kind of a you know is more of a specialist in this role, like Van Jefferson and also you know Scotty Miller for that matter. We haven't seen him much this year, which has kind of confounded me a little. Well, bit. just the two plays last week. Yeah, he had a couple catches last week, but those catches, I think both of them were just kind of like the jet inside sweeps. reverse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there, they were. I don't even know if either of those balls were caught beyond the line of scrimmage. But still, I mean, I still think that you you can utilize a player like him. Even if it is horizontally, just get his speed out there because it gives it, it brings something different to this Falcons offense. Well, one of the things we saw last week is we we actually got into the Arthur Smith playbook. They they yeah, didn't have just fifty yeah, snaps. Yeah, and you got everybody involved. How many? What eleven players caught balls? Yeah, eleven if you include Tyler Algier on the two point conversion. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't, maybe maybe it's ten, maybe it's back to ten because of what we just talked about with Scotty Miller. <laughs> His catches. No, those are just... actually passes nowadays in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. They're counted as passes. Yeah, they are. They are. But you know, it's a good point you bring up, John. And it's something that I've asked Arthur about this year about you know how like when 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 you're not able to pick up first downs reliably, it really limits what you can do as a play caller because you're just not you're not getting in a flow with your offense. And you know, he 
Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter have talked about getting in a rhythm. You know, to get in a rhythm, you have to be on the field and get those play and get plays off and, and obviously execute those to get first downs. It all is kind of a positive feedback loop within itself. Um, but yeah, I think that that was what's, what was so fun about last week was seeing Arthur Smith kind of go to some of these things that we haven't seen before. And even like one of them was that, you know, double reverse pass that Drake London then had to, to Johnny Smith. And that was early in the game, but I think that that kind of helped give the Texans a different look and, and make them account for some different things that the Falcons, frankly, have not showed so far this season. So it was fun to see that break out, but I also think it's going to be effective for this team. And then on the other side of the ball, John, you got this Falcons defense that is. All right, we'll get into the defense. Yeah, we'll we'll get into the defense here uh, in the next segment because I do want to do that. But one of the things we learned last week that everybody tweeted about at the same time was who knew Drake London was left handed? (laughs) I know, right? Yeah. (laughs) He says, wait, Drake London is left handed? He says he does everything else uh, right handed, but he just happens to throw left handed. What? He's just like, what the? What? Okay, as, as, like, as my friend Michael Rossi from ESPN said, okay, go on, you ridiculous athlete. Just well, like <laughs> I mean, right? Well, it's like you know the the Freddie Freemans and Matt Olsons of the world in baseball. They do everything right-handed, yeah, but they hit left-handed, yeah. and you're like. Well, okay, but they hit so well that right. nobody's arguing. Right, right. Well, one of the great things in sports that people don't know is that Phil Mickelson is right-handed. Is that right? Yes. Huh, the lefty, huh? Yeah, yeah. Phil Mickelson's <laughs> right-handed. The only thing he does uh, is play golf left-handed. That's well, by the way, Phil's also a scratch golfer right-handed. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, you know, the other thing about what this Falcons team did offensively that I think was so important was that actually, you know, and we talked about it with Desmond Ritter having the success and whatnot, but the fact that they were able to have that offensive success without really getting the running game going. Like, previous to this, the only way this Falcons team was going to be successful is if they got the running game going. Right. right. You know, they right. had to run for 100 yards probably. To, mm-hmm. But this week. Or two hundred last week. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's no joke. Um, but, you know, last week we saw the running game kind of be stifled a little bit. There were some runs, and especially later in the game, once the passing game was clearly going and the Texans had to account for it, things definitely opened up, and I think you can start to see the idea of, okay, once the defense has to account for this passing game, then you can really see a different dynamic in the run game. But, again, that's why it was so important for Desmond Ritter to show what he did last week. It is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show from the smooth lot across from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Brought to you by Wade Ford, Atlanta's Ford dealer. John Fricky and Joe Patrick Harper is on uh, assignment this week. That's what we'll, okay, well, on that's assignment. What we'll say. <laughs> it's, no, it's not true. He's but, scouting. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, well, scouting the Bucks. You know, he's, he's scouting the bottom of a Mai Tai sitting on a beach <laughs> is what he's doing. Uh, but he'll be back next week. You know, he timed it perfect because he said, oh, I don't want to be outside when it's chilly. It, it is a cool day, but it's, it's a, it feels like football out here. It does. And for the Atlanta Falcons, the heat of the race is on because they have four wins. Tampa has four yep, wins. Yep. The Swampers have four wins. Yep. Carolina didn't have any, but you know the other three, this looks like, Joe, it's going to be, if, if everybody wins today and gets to four wins, right? I mean, if Falcons got a four and two and whatnot, you're six games in and everybody's at four wins. That race is off maybe for the rest of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because none of these teams, I, I think, despite the fact that, you know, to your point, if, if this plays out and they all get the four wins, I still think that there's, you know, these these teams all definitely have question marks, and it's not like they're going to any of them are likely to finish thirteen and four or something like that. But having those four wins out of the first six or so, like that, puts you in a spot where it's going. You just know it's going to be a competitive tight race, right. basically all year. You long. look at a ten and seven, ten and seven, ten and seven, and somebody gets to eleven and six, they win the division and, kind of thing. And it's going to make these division games that they have against each other all the more important. And that's one of the best things about you know football, NFL football, is these division matchups that have 
so much riding on the line, the Falcons will go to Tampa Bay next week and mm-hmm. play on the road. And if they can get away, you know, get out of there with a win, that would be a huge lift to the Falcons' chances of winning this division, which is their goal this year. So, yeah, everything is shaping up to be really interesting and, and a little bit different than I think we pictured it coming into the season where the NFC South was, you know, thought to be the worst division of football. Yeah, well, and no, there's no doubt of that. And and uh, the uh, – yeah, we'll worry about next week, next week. Right now we got business to do today here yeah, yeah. against the Washington Commanders. They beat uh, the Falcons last year up in D.C. with Taylor Heineke. I don't know how much Heineke will help in game prep. It's a different quarterback in Sam Howell. We'll talk about Sam Howell. We'll talk about the Washington offense. And against this Falcons defense, as we count down to kickoff here, we're live in the smooth lot on Sports Radio 99 The Game today. A 1 o'clock kick with Wes and Dave on the call from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It is a Falcons game day. The Atlanta Falcons and Washington Commanders coming up live on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Falcons football Sunday live from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. John Fricky alongside our Falcons reporter and insider Joe Patrick as we uh, break down the Falcons and the uh, Washington Commanders. Uh, and uh, we get a little bit of a look at uh, Desmond Ritter here. Uh, Desmond talking uh, this week, uh, uh, Joe, about a number of things, including, you know, his uh, thoughts about the final drive of last week. Yeah, they can go win the game. Uh, you know, don't don't try to force anything. You don't have to try to force anything. you got plenty of time. Uh, just take what they give you, which I did. You know, they played a lot of off and soft, a lot of access, you know, banged a couple to Drake um, and just got the ball moving. You know, first play, come out, drop back. Um, you know, they drop Bijan in the flat, just give it to him. He goes, makes seven, eight yards. Um, and that's all it's about in two minutes. It's about keeping the ball moving, getting that first first down, never trying to force anything. Um, and that's what we did. Well, you know, they've won three games at home, uh, all in the fourth quarter. Yep. I, I guess that's good. You're clutch at home. Yeah. Uh, but how about being clutch uh, so they wouldn't have to be clutch? How about getting <laughs> off to a good start? Yeah, yeah. But, the, you know, it's the NFL. Like, we're, we're, there's going to be close games in the NFL. It would be nice to, to be able to win one where you don't feel like you got to, yeah, pull it out at the end, kind of out of your butt. But um, you got to get credit to, to Desmond Ritter. I mean, it's something that Arthur Smith has identified going all the way back to even last year when there was a different starting quarterback here. But, you know, talking about Desmond, he would say that the reason we liked him, the reason we drafted him was because of what he does on third downs, what he does in crucial situations and he did that at Cincinnati and he's already showing the knack for that here in the NFL so early in his career and it's fascinating to me because it seems like how is that just like a trait that you have because you have to be good at at, technically at your job to be able to execute at the biggest moments when teams are most kind of keyed in on things but uh, you got to give so much credit to the way he's been able to do it no matter how he he ends up doing it. This is the Wayford Tailgate Show live from the smooth lot across from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I want you to come on by today. Uh, I'm sure that you can find a hot toddy somewhere because you're going (laughs) to need it. Uh, This portion of the show brought to you by Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster is the official ticket marketplace of the Falcons and the NFL. John Fricky alongside Joe Patrick, uh, Harper LaBelle uh, out this week. He'll be back next week. Uh, he's not injured. He's just out there sitting on the beach somewhere uh, and uh, and having a good time. Uh, hopefully we have a good time at this football game today. You mentioned uh, head coach Arthur Smith talking about the confidence of his quarterback because th- this is the big story. Did, he, did we see the Atlanta Falcons develop a, a starting quarterback, a long-term starting quarterback in one week or not? Here's the, uh, here's the head coach. Certainly, you know, you feel like whatever is on the call sheet, you know, he's dialed, he's dialing it. So, and that, but that's, that's the chemistry. I think there, you know, as you, there's growing pains inevitably, you know, we've, we've got a lot of young skilled guys that are, that are really fun to coach. And uh, so 
again, it, it's a, it was his, like I said, his eighth start in the league, or ninth, excuse me. And um, it, it, people forget it's it's hard it, to play quarterback, but he's shown improvement every every week. Yeah, he has shown. Uh, well, I don't know if he's shown improvement every week. I mean, we had two big step backs there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. pretty big step backs too uh, out there on the road in Detroit and London. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but it is a case where, and I know people have talked about it. The uh, the Falcons have won their last five in a row at Mercedes Benz Stadium. All five with Desmond Ritter at quarterback. The last two of last year, Arizona and San Francisco. First three of this year, you know, Carolina. Green Bay in last week. So he is 5-0 and at home, so there is that. We, mm-hmm. We'll have to deal with the fact that he's got to get a road win next week, mm-hmm. but uh, he has uh, found a comfort level, and one of the things that we've talked about is they wanted to make Mercedes-Benz Stadium a home field advantage. Well, when you got five wins in a row, going for six wins in a row at home, it's starting to turn into a little bit of that. Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, I, we talked to players all week who, who who spoke to that effect, and especially you know guys who have been here longer, um, like Grady uh, in particular, who's been here since the thing opened. I think there's a big, you know, he probably notices it more than anybody. But again, I think that. The atmosphere in the stadium is a two-way street. You know, the, the team has to give the fans something to cheer about. It, it's, it, it feels almost um, like childish and paternalistic to be out there and be cheering for some bad football, <laughs> you know? Like, fans are going to react how to what they see from, from the team. And so I think that's the one of the big things from last week especially was that the team really gave them something to get behind. And I think and I hope that that – the taste of what you got from Desmond Ritter throwing for, what was it, 329 yards last week. Um, the taste of that is going to, I think, give this Falcons fan base a lot more confidence in him long term. Because, again, to kind of go back to what we were talking about in the first segment, we sat here last week wondering if he was going to be the starting quarterback for this team in a month's time. You know, like that's the trajectory he was on. Now, could he take a step back? It is possible, but I think that just based on what the fans were able to see for the first time in Desmond Ritter's career, it's going to change, I think, the tenor of how this Falcons fan base reacts to him over the course of the season in this stadium. Uh, One of the things that Arthur Blank, the owner, said was he needed to have Mercedes-Benz Stadium become a home stadium. And it wasn't just something he said for public, you know, kind of consumption. I, I think that, you know, he really wanted the team to take that to heart. Jake Matthews this week spoke to that about uh, trying to make uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium a place where the Falcons, uh, people, uh, opponents fear to come in. Yeah, I mean, you look back at, what was it, 21? We didn't, we won one or two games at home. And, um, you know, you want to win them no matter what, wherever they are, but home field advantage is a real thing. And Mm -hmm. um, I think us playing better and and winning and and them getting into it, it's it's a win-win. So we need to continue to improve and, uh, you know, keep them cheering for us. Yeah, keep them cheering for us, and let's hope there's a lot of cheering today here. You mentioned earlier the defense, and and I wanted to ask you about this. Joe Patrick's our Falcons insider and reporter. It is the Wade Ford tailgate show on this Falcons game day, this chilly Falcons game day outside of Mercedes-Benz Stadium getting ready for football here. Joe, about the defense, they have played very well this year. One of the things that that I think is interesting is you've had one player really flash in Jesse Bates. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Collectively, they've played well. But I'm sort of at the point where I was thinking about this coming in today uh, because I saw the big Grady Jarrett sign. 
we haven't mentioned, you know, it hasn't been bad, but we've not mentioned 97 very much this year. We've not sat here and talked yeah. about, boy, Grady Jarrett did this or Grady Jarrett did that. He hasn't really done a whole lot. I mean, it's not that he isn't playing well. He just hasn't done a whole lot because in years past, we're pretty used to sitting here talking about how you have to handle Grady Jarrett. Right, right. I mean, even uh, the first game of the season last year against the Saints, I forget how many sacks he had, but he had multiple sacks and constantly disturbing the pocket, kind of collapsing it and things like that. We haven't quite seen that so far this year, and I, it's funny, I actually asked him about this, because if you look at what the Falcons have done defensively this year, they've, they've gotten done what they ultimately want to do, which is limit points, you know, limit yards, limit points, get teams off the field on third down. They've done all that. That's great. They've not done that the traditional way that teams typically do that, which is by sacking the quarterback and creating negative plays. They've been so good because they've just forced a lot of incompletions, um, stopped the running game after the first week against Carolina. It was a little sketchy there and, and in some of the road games. But for the most part, they've stopped the run really well. But they just haven't done it in the tr- traditional way with these guys really getting after the quarterback like you would expect from a top defense. So, you know, he said, just wait for the like, – not wait for this week, but he said, just wait. They're going to come. And I think that he may have been thinking about this week in particular where the sacks might start flowing a little bit more because Sam Howell, if there's anything you can criticize about him, first and foremost, it's holding on to the football and, and just you know creating sacks kind of from the quarterback position. Um, but certainly it's an interesting scenario for this Falcons defense because now they've already lost another star- a starter on defense through Troy Anderson, but they've got a great replacement in, in Nate Lamon who's come in and stepped in and, and played well. And I think now that you've seen Jeff Okuda come back, you've just seen him kind of fit really solidly into that cornerback position outside of A.J. Terrell. And I really think that this Falcons secondary – you gotta you gotta start talking about them as one of the top five secondaries in football in in the NFL. I think they're that good with with Jeff Okuda playing at the level he is and AJ Terrell playing at the level he is. On top of again what you said about Jesse Bates and how many you know, play make game changing plays he can make from that position. Right, he has made a lot of ga- of those. But again, we're not to, we're also talking about a, a defense that's predicated on this whole hockey line shift thing, where right. you know you don't get as many snaps in order to stay fresh. One of the reasons the Falcons have been successful in the fourth quarter. And let's not forget, we can go back to the loss against the Lions after the Bates interception at the end of the third quarter. The Falcons were potentially yeah. in that yeah, game in the were. fourth quarter. Yep, yep. Okay. All you need one drive. Yep, yeah. yep, right. You know, you just either you're in say you're on plus territory, you got a chance, you know, to, to make this a one score game and you'd already missed a field goal in the yep. game. Yep. I mean the Falcons were kind of hanging around in that game against the Lions and they couldn't quite get it done. Uh so but to this defense here, they haven't they haven't created a lot of super big plays outside of Jesse Bates, right? I mean, it's not like they've had, you know, a pick six or something that's really changed. Uh, and the sacks have been very few. They haven't had enough sacks. Now, this Washington team, their offensive line, they let up sack after sack after sack. And it leads me to a question that I have for Randy Mack this week that I'm going to ask you. Do you just try and line up and get to the quarterback with four, or do you just kind of bring the house on Sam Hall and force him to be uncomfortable from the jump and does Ryan uh, Nielsen say, okay, we're going to bring everybody here and try and really force this young quarterback into mistakes? So it's an interesting it's an interesting question, John, because my what I would think, just as a person who's kind of watches football from the outside, like a lot of fans and everything, I would say blitz the quarterback. Blitz the, the young quarterback. Hurt, try to screw this clock, hurry him up, you know, make him make bad decisions. But actually what we've seen from this Falcons defense, and it's it's I don't want to make too 
uh, you know, tie these too closely because we had a different defensive coordinator last year in Dean Pease versus Ryan Nielsen this year. But what we've seen from both those guys so far is when they go up against young quarterbacks, which the Falcons have seen plenty of this year so far, and Bryce Young, Jordan Love, is they drop back. And they, they make those quarterbacks really go through every possible progression. They want to basically cover guys down the field and kind of screw with their their steadiness in the pocket that way instead of trying to force things. So I kind of doubt that we are going to see this team really bring a ton of pressure. I think that this team is capable of doing that. They're well-equipped to do it because they play a lot of man coverage anyway, even when they're not blitzing. So they can play a lot of that kind of cover one, cover zero stuff if they want to do that. But, um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how Ryan Nielsen approaches it because you would think you would think that any defensive coordinator who has five sacks through five games so far, you know, they would make an intention to bring that pressure to get that number up. But they don't seem to see it that way. I think, you know, Ryan Nielsen's been asked about it a bunch, and he has a similar sentiment to great, what Grady Jarrett was saying, which was that, you know, we're actually we're getting pressures and hits. We're just not getting to the quarterback. And so there's just a belief within the team that those are just going to come with due time. And clearly, I mean, to their to their credit, it is working out so far. This defense has been a top-ten defense in the NFL. It has been a top-ten defense in the NFL. Boy, it feels like a football Sunday. It looks it like does. a football it Sunday. Does. That slight gray sky that you get in yep. the fall. Oh, yeah. Right, you know? The sky's a little closer to the ground right. today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Starting to sm- smells like football, too, out yeah, here with right. all the stuff going on. Yep. Jack Daniels got a big setup. Uh, our folks at uh, 1-800-TRUCK-RECKER here. <laughs> I've got a lot of friends that work for Amy oh, Wither, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, i got a lot of we got a lot of you get, You have more friends that work for Amy Wither, right, than you realize. <laughs> Trust me. Okay. <laughs> Somebody at the station shaking their head. Yep, you you do. Uh, and so uh, it, it's going to be a fun day today. Perfect day to uh, get out here and tailgate. They're setting up all. There's one tailgate here, and it's over on the other side of the parking lot. Those yeah, dudes, yeah, yeah. they do it right, dude. They, yeah, they yeah. got the setup. Every, I was noticing that last week. I said they're here every week. They've got like four spots. They've got multiple smokers. Yep. And they're and it's like you know you walk over there and they got the music and the TVs and I'm like okay yeah, yeah that's that's how, that's how you do a tailgate right there. I mean that is that is like yeah you. Play Plan that you plan throughout the week. You game plan right. for this moment of you know who's got who's bringing the charcoal, who's bringing the tents. Oh, it's great! I love it out here. Yeah, one of my buddies uh, back, uh, you know, from where I'm at, uh, they love to tailgate so much that he ended up buying four. Uh, tailgate spots like across from the street from the stadium, right? And they set up the tents, and they have the whole setup too. You know, uh-huh. with all the beers and the TV, they never actually go into the game. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. never go in. They just come and set up a tailgate, and they go home. Yeah, and they just want to be around it. They yeah. don't actually go into. The- it's funny. I had a bunch of friends. I have a bunch of friends who are Auburn fans. They're kind of crazy. But uh, they, they went out to Vegas, I think it was, or somewhere for a national championship game they were playing in Long ago. And, yeah, that's what they did. They just watched the game. They didn't actually go into the stadium, but they just traveled all the way out there to watch the game in a parking lot outside with a bunch of other Auburn fans, which sounds great, honestly. It is the uh, Wade Ford Tailgate Show brought to you by Wade Ford, Atlanta's Ford dealer, uh, live from the smooth lot across from the uh, swanky Danky New Hilton, which looks like it's about ready to – be uh, open up sometime soon here. Man, yeah, thing is, uh, it's nice here. We've and, seen it go yeah, up. Yeah, we've been seeing it go up here. Hopefully, the Falcons go up at the standings again today as they take on the Washington Commanders. We're taking you to eleven o'clock and the network pregame with Mike Johnson and Chris Goforth, and of course, one o'clock kick today. West Durham and Dave Archer live on Sports Radio ninety two on the game. Wait. 
Ford Tailgate Show. It is a football Sunday, game day Sunday on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. If you're headed into Mercedes-Benz Stadium, we're at the Smooth Lot across from uh, MBS and the New Hilton at uh, 9.40 in the morning, taking you to 11 o'clock. And our coverage on the network, on the Atlanta Falcons Radio Network, uh, Chris Goforth and Mike Johnson. Also, uh, the kick at one with Wes and Dave uh, from Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Washington Commanders, Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders in to face Desmond Ritter and the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Harper LaBelle off this week. Uh, Joe uh, Patrick, our uh, Falcons insider and reporter, uh, joining John Fricky. This look around the NFL is brought to you by Orchard. Sell your home and get paid twice. You can learn how at Orchard. So as we look around uh, the uh, NFL, it's not the greatest slate of games this week, Joe. Yep. Uh, but uh, in the division, we have three teams that have uh, three wins. Of course, Carolina has none. Uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because of the bye last week, have a half-game lead on the Falcons and the Swampers. Swampers today down in Houston against this Texans team that we saw last week. Now, New Orleans sort of a little bit like Atlanta, but Dow Jones in a little bit this year. Some up-and-down performances. Uh, Derek Carr has had some up-and-downs. He's had a shoulder. They got dinged, too. Um, uh, but today, C.J. Stroud, it'll be interesting to see uh, this game uh, with uh, you know C.J. Stroud uh, trying to bounce back because the Falcons are the first team that really kind of corralled him a little bit, and they did a pretty good job against him last week. Yeah, yeah they did. And, you know, we were just having, having this conversation about the Falcons' defense and how good they are, and it took everything to beat C.J. Stroud and, and the Texans last week. I mean, it just and that just goes to show what level that he's playing at at this point in time uh, to really have his team as a really competitive one, one that has a chance to win that AFC South division. It seems really wide open at this point. There's uh, one of them playing right now with the Tennessee Titans as well. So, um, But I think that it's an interesting week for our division in this respect, which is that we see the Saints going up against the Texans, who the Falcons played last week, and the Buccaneers are playing the Lions, who the Falcons have also played. So you at least have some common opponents to kind of see how the Falcons played them and how the how the division opponents are going to play them and, and, you know, do some of those comparisons. It's obviously not exactly, you know, going to match uh, on a point differential basis or whatever, but I think it will be interesting to see just how they match up and how that compares to how the Falcons stacked up against the You know, I, and uh, the last point about C.J. Stroud, somebody, you know, was tweeting out some national media member, you you know, even after last week, saying you know the first quarter of the season or something to that effect, that C.J. Stroud is in, you know, um, in route to a, you know rookie of the year, and I thought, did did he miss? The, I'm going to pin the ball on my back and still be able to make a cut and dance <laughs> yeah. into the end zone without being yeah. touched. Watch did, it, watch did, it, did he, watch your mouth. Did he miss that? Yeah. <laughs> That that yeah, don't that happen. May, yeah, that may have been like the the at least the one the singular play that a rookie made uh, this week last week or, or even or this, this year. year. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what Bijan's doing is is absolutely incredible. And can I just tell a story? Like, he's such a good guy. We talk about this all the time. But mm-hmm. here, here here's here's a funny story. So like. When, when we do media at Falcon at Flower Branch, the locker room is tight. It's a smaller locker yeah. room. It's an older facility. They're you haven't it, stepped on the Falcon yet, have you? No, no, I haven't. I haven't. Um, yeah, you got to do push-ups if you do that. Yeah. But they so they have a little podium outside when there's like a player that every single person is going to want to talk to. And so Bijan obviously is one of those players. So they have him out there, and uh, he gets done talking. And then the media goes back to the locker room, and Bijan goes and opens the door and is just holding it for like holding the door open for all the media to walk through before he goes in. I, I like walked up. I was like, "Go in, go in." <laughs> but like, you, you go but in. that's the kind of like selflessness that he has. Like he does not kind of see himself as this big, you know, star that he's obviously seeing happen in front of his eyes. We're all seeing happen in front of our eyes. Him kind of burst into the superstardom in the NFL. So. Um, 
yeah, he's just got a great head on his shoulders, but uh, he's obviously an amazing talent as well. And it's just that's one of the fun things about watching this Falcons team, John, is just when you go into that stadium, you never know what you're going to see from Bijan, but you know that it's going to just kind of make you hold your breath. When he made that play that you were talking about, Harper and I, we were, we were sitting next to each other in the press box. It was one of those things where we just look at each other and just start shaking our head with our eyes wide open, like, uh, what just happened? Jaw, right, I mean, jaw-dropping. I mean, to, to catch it, yeah, then to right. pin it, then to hold that pin, then to make a cut, and then make a second cut, and by the way, not get touched. Yeah, he made an NFL <laughs> linebacker miss with the ball behind his back. Like, right. he didn't touch Bijan. He didn't even get close to him. It was <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, the uh, Tailgate Week for Tailgate Show is also sponsored by Fireshire from the makers of the W Sauce, the official sauce of the tailgate. Bolder, better, spicier now, uh, the Fireshire. You can go to WSauce.com to find a retailer near you, or if you really want, you just come here because the Fireshire people in the W Sauce are right next door to us. Here at the uh, Wait for Tailgate setup, you can try all of them. Uh, they yeah. got all their different ones, just little samples, and it's really good. So come on over and, and uh, take part in that. We mentioned New Orleans on the road at Houston today. You said Detroit at Tampa. So here's the real test for Baker Mayfield because Tampa has, by you know the, the way everybody thought at the beginning of the year, they have overachieved to the degree that I think that you know being alone in first place through their first four games, up against a team that. Uh, as you look at the NFC, I think there's some people that are starting to say, Joe, that the Detroit Lions might just be a threat to make a Super Bowl run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No no doubt about it. I mean, they've got that kind of explosive ability offensively and, and frankly, defensively, too. They can get after it. The thing that is so impressive to me about what they've done so far this season is they've dealt with a ton of injuries on the offensive line, across the defense, um, they obviously had C.J. Gardner-Johnson go down the week before the Falcons put it, and it doesn't even seem to matter. It just well, seems like last they week, keep putting no, in these consistent performances. You, you didn't have your stud running back, uh, Jameer Gibbs. You didn't yep. have Amon Ross St. Brown, yep. your stud yeah. wide receiver. Didn't matter. You're right. James Williams <laughs> hasn't played. Yeah, and James it, Williams it, hadn't played. Yeah, and they just are getting it done. And so, man, what, what Dan Campbell's doing up there with that team is really impressive. But to get to the Buccaneers' point of it, you know, it is interesting for them because – Coming into the seasons, I mean, some people were predicting them to be come in as low as one of the worst teams in the NFL at the end of the season. Um, and I think a lot of this was predicated on the fact that just nobody believed in Baker Mayfield. Everybody thought they were going to get terrible quarterback play this year. And if they were going to get terrible quarterback play, then maybe they trade away some of the veterans that they have that are decent players, especially on their defense and things like that. And things can just kind of unravel. You know how that goes. But... Hey, you got to give Baker Mayfield a ton of credit. He's played, you know, maybe over the over the course of the entire season, the best football of any quarterback in this NFC South. When when you take every game into account, um, so yeah, they've really kind of um, changed the tune that a lot of people were singing coming into the season. And I'm glad because it just makes the competitive the, the division all the more competitive and interesting to watch. Right, and then Carolina today, no wins on the season. Will they have a win today? They're on the road at Miami. No. Can <laughs> <laughs> wrap that up in one word. No, 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 that's no, not happening. That's, that's not, not happening. happening. <laughs> but you know, they'll try. <laughs> yeah. No, that's probably not going to happen. Let me ask, is Frank Reich is he on the hot seat? Like, I mean, I, I don't think so. I think that this, uh, you know, franchise, you know, I, I tell you what, to make him on the hot seat is, you know, isn't wins and losses. Right. If you don't see stuff better out of Bryce Young by week ten, right. week twelve, right. if that's not progressing. 
that's where Frank Reich is going to get in trouble. It's kind of similar. Which not, is interesting because, not to interrupt you, yeah, but sure. Frank Reich, the star quarterback at College of Maryland, play quarterback in the NFL, that was his long suit. It was taking the Carson Wentz's and the Andrew Lux, well, not that Andrew Luck didn't have all that talent, or, or taking all the young quarterbacks and building them into something. One of the reasons they wanted Frank Reich to be the head coach at Carolina was his ability to build young quarterbacks. And so I don't think, I think if J- David Tepper and the uh, Carolina Panthers, the problem for Carolina is, is that they traded away their number one pick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the big yeah. problem here. Yeah, that yeah, that's going to be a problem. For that's them. that DJ Moore move, you know. I mean, so now I mean, that's the and, big problem for well, them. Yeah, they trade away the first round pick, and they trade away DJ Moore, who was their only right. explosive pass catcher. Exactly. And so now I they feel bad for Bryce, Bryce Young. Young looking at that, you right. know, trying to get the ball to some of those receivers. Like Adam Thielen is your best guy, you know. Hayden Hurst maybe. Well, they get DJ Chark, but you know, yeah. you know, he got dinged up and. You know, so, no, I mean, you made the move to get Bryce Young, but now, moving forward, you know, to lose that number one pick, that's really hard. But to what you were saying about, you know, just like the way he looks and that's going to be more important, it's almost similar to kind of what we were talking about with the Falcons with with Desmond Ritter and not necessarily the fact that it would be Arthur Smith's job necessarily on the line, but, you know, there is something, there's something to be said for these teams about how they look. It's not yet just about the results to the point that you just made. It's about how they're getting these results. Are they kind of squeaking by? Are they... Or are you know are they dominant throughout these games? And I, again, to go back to last week for the Falcons, I think it was the first time we'd seen that Falcons team really look dominant offensively. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's a big yeah. That just kind of changes the way that you the perspective that you have on the team going forward. There are two five and O teams in the NFC: Philadelphia and San Francisco. They are both on the road, but they are in winnable games. Philadelphia in New York against the Jets, and San Francisco is in Cleveland against the Browns. And so, uh, one or both of those teams likely to go to six and O on the year, and uh, the, the, the race is on at the very top of the NFC, but of course, uh, for, for the Falcons, it's not so much a wild card race as it is kind of focused on the division, because the division winner is going to be a battle probably all the way through, and of course, the Falcons end the year in Week 18, final game of the season, on the road, in the Swamp against the Swampers <laughs> in Sticky yeah. Town. Yeah, I know. Mm. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, but they get two games against the Saints, kind of right at the back of the at the end of the season. I forget how far apart like those five games weeks are, apart. But yeah, right, yeah, yeah, but two two big games there. So yeah, it'll be interesting. And then obviously, you know, if you win, whoever wins the division is getting a home playoff game, right? Which is obviously going to be super important. And I think it's something that you know, obviously, that's one of the reasons why this team, Arthur Blank, we talked about the the atmosphere in the stadium and, gen- and kind of uh, building up this fan base to have these expectations of the team and and. Winning the division and having that playoff home game would really kind of be a defining mark for this franchise going forward because they haven't had that since they moved into the stadium. Let me ask you, Joe Patrick, a a question in regards to that. The Falcons go out and make the move for Van Jefferson this week. Uh, Is uh, Terry Fontenot, do you think he's, is he kind of just looking at the, you know, the Frank, and not that he's looking at Frank Clark, but is he looking at kind of the wires and the guys that might be available with a number of teams, especially after this week that might be in trade mode? Or is he actively doing it? Uh, how active do you think the Falcons, how, how proactive, I guess is a better word, do you think uh, Terry Fontenot and the Falcons are about adding, I don't know, pass rusher, another guy in the offensive line or something to that effect? Yeah, I think they're definitely interested. I think they're, they, they're definitely kind of looking at the, this market of players who are becoming available. I think they would definitely be something they would be, they would be open to uh, if, if a situation presents themselves. Now, there's a lot of things that come into account. It's not just the caliber of player or the money they make, but it's also, you know, how are they going to fit in scheme-wise? How are they going to fit in personality-wise in the clubhouse or in the uh, in the locker room? But um, all these things take precedent. But, again, we go back to Jake Matthews. He restructured his contract, you know, several weeks back, opened up a bunch of cap space for them. 
I don't see them doing that if they didn't potentially have plans to fill that cap space this year. Yeah, right, exactly. So it'll be intriguing. So to keep your eyes on that, too, that's another little storyline to keep out there. Mm-hmm. You know, as the Atlanta Falcons, this year is about making the playoffs. You yeah. know, I mean, this is why we talked last week this year, you know, about Desmond Ritter. Hey, this year isn't about developing Desmond Ritter. It's yeah. about making the playoffs. Yeah. And then Desmond has the game that they had, you know, and, and I, I hope that what we see today backs up what we saw last week because it one of the storylines of this game today is does Desmond – you know, not only – you don't have to necessarily go above what you did last week. Right. You just can't go backwards. Right, right. Yeah, you can't revert back to what we saw the previous two or three weeks where it was just completely out of sync, out of rhythm. The whole thing didn't look right. Right. I mean, because if that – then come tomorrow, we're having another discussion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please You know, it's no. like, oh, no, here we are. We're back to this again. <laughs> Thought we had it, but you never know. I mean, so it'll be another big day for the Atlanta Falcons. They are wearing red hats today oh well then they can't lose right that's the rule I, well I, I think they ought to be the permanent yeah. those are the falcons helmets that i grew up with i had to explain to to um to randy mack this week that in the original helmets the ones they wear the that gold stripe that's down the middle the one gold stripe is for george tech. tech yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i, I didn't know that either that. yeah yeah i knew it from a communication staff it was because oh. like, <laughs> <laughs> they were red and black it was all georgia so they put a gold stripe right. on it and say okay right. we don't want to leave georgia tech out of this mix yeah you're not going to be left out of the mix either as we broadcast live from the uh, smooth lot, it is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. It feels like football. It smells oh, it like does. football. It's uh, filling up here. It's going to be exciting. Falcons and Washington Commanders, 1 o'clock kick today, live on Sports Radio 90 Shine the Game.